Hey, good morning, friends. It's good to be here with you today. You know, there's something about long-range thinking that has the ability to inspire people. On September 12, 1962, at Rice University, President John F. Kennedy gave a speech that included this statement. I believe this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to Earth. Now, he said this to promote the infant Apollo space program. Now, many derided this statement, but before the decade ended in July 1969, Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, and he and the other men from Apollo 11 mission, Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins, returned to Earth safely. Really, the success of the mission began seven years before it happened with JFK's statement. You know, thinking long game, it's not always easy to do. If you've ever played chess, it is a game that is best played if you're always thinking ahead three to four moves. And yes, my eight-year-old grandson has legitimately defeated me at times, and my response is usually, boy, I didn't see that coming. The reality of it is, long-range thinking is important. Church planting requires the ability to see beyond where we currently are to places and people groups we want to impact with the good news of Jesus. With the current uncertain climate, we're exploring new ways of starting churches because we need to continue to think ahead, to plan ahead, and not languish behind the curve. You know, thinking long game is essential when it comes to living our lives. It is so easy to get caught up in the mundane repetition of daily living. So easy that we forget to think ahead. In the passage before the story we're going to examine today, Jesus was talking about thinking long game, not being concerned about the things that most people occupy their lives and thoughts with. But as soon as he completed his teaching, someone called out from the crowd, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. You know, as we continue our Tell Me a Story series, this is the key thought I want to look at today. An accumulation mindset destroys long-range thinking. And we're going to examine this statement using the story of the parable of the rich fool in Luke 12. So this guy shouts out to Jesus, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now it's classic triangulation. You know, let's get someone else involved in this issue on my side and maybe I can get some leverage and so get people to agree with me. Now back then, rabbis and religious leaders did sometimes serve as arbitrators in civil cases. But I want you to notice Jesus refused to get sucked into the guy's conflict probably because he recognized there were other things going on underneath the surface that didn't meet the, that met the eye. This passage is an interesting one. It divides into three sections. It begins with the warning. Now, when you hear, watch out, what do you typically do? When I'm driving, sometimes my wife will go, <gasps> now, I always tell her, do not do that. I saw the person coming. Most of the time I do. And I know it's her way of saying, watch out. Now, typically when we hear that phrase, we look around to see what's coming our way. So Jesus said, watch out. And then he said, here's what you watch out for. He said, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now, when it comes to stuff, I kind of understand what he's talking about here. I have plenty of stuff. Uh, let me just give one category. 
knives. I love knives, hunting knives. They just, and they, see, they seem to breed in my closet because I go in there, there's always another knife. One time, I saw this old timer set on sale at, at Bass Pro. I'd used one of these, sun, one of these uh, knives that my son had, and I thought, oh, it's super sharp. So I picked it up. Now, here's the deal. There's three knives in this. I have never used any of them to this point in time. But the, the question is, is asked of me before by my wife, how many knives do you need? And my response, just one more, right? Just one more. Now, that's, this is just the tip of the iceberg, guys. Just the tip of the iceberg. I've got stuff. But how much is enough? Jesus said, watch out. Don't let the stuff you're chasing define who you are. The simple truth, it is so easy to get caught up in the accumulation of stuff. Jesus knew the danger that's present because when a person's caught up in that, he's thinking short range, not long range. Now, this is a very timely message for me today. I'll be honest. My mother-in-law passed away 10 days ago. Six of those days were spent in western Illinois making preparations for celebrating her life, spending time with family, and beginning to go through her stuff. Now, my mother-in-law was not rich in monetary terms. However, I want you to know she did practice long-range thinking. See, Jesus wants to get our attention focused beyond the current and the accumulation game to think ahead. So we get to the story. Here's what, he, here's what Jesus said. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I do, I'll do. I will tear down my barns. I'll be, build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many, many years. So take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. How much is enough. John D. Rockefeller, was one, at that point in time, he's one of the richest men in the world, was once asked by someone, uh, how much money is enough? And he thought about it for, for just a couple of minutes, and then he said this. He said, just a little more. I, I find the man in Jesus' story very intriguing. First of all, there's this incredible self-centeredness. Twelve times in three verses, the words I, me, or mine pop up as he thought about the abundant harvest that he had, he had realized. He says, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Now, I could understand his concern here. If it weren't for the fact that his solution to the problem was to tear down the barns he already had to build bigger ones. He already had a place to store his crops. What he was worried about was the overflow and how to keep it. The second thing, he chose his advisors very poorly because he thought to himself. When the opportunity was presented to do something with the abundance he had, there were other possibilities. He could have shared it. He could have given some of it away. He could have partnered with others to even do more good things but he did not have the right people speaking into his life. His filter for decision-making was flawed because it all revolved around him. 
What am I going to do? And the third thing, he gave no thought to his source of the abundance he had realized. Now, I understand a little bit about farming. My wife came from a farming family. And I know it takes planting. It takes cultivating. It takes the attention to the growing crops. But when it's all said and done, friends, without the rain and the sun, nothing's going to grow. Nothing. His ground produced abundantly, but instead of thanking God for giving the abundance, he immediately went to the, man, what am I going to do to keep all this? Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed, for a man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Now let me clarify. Jesus is not saying we should not own anything and not have any possessions. He's not saying that at all. The caution here he gives, he gives us is that we should not let our possessions own us. See, there's a limit to what each one of us need and you. Now, we each have different limits. Uh, I brought a couple of different containers with me today. So I have a, I have a half cup measuring cup. So what's the limit to this? What will, what will it hold? Well, it's pretty simple. It's printed right on there. It'll hold half a cup. won't hold more because if you have any more, it's going it's to spill out. I have a coffee cup. What will this hold? Yeah, somewhere between 10 to 12 ounces of coffee, okay? And that's, that's what it's good for. Pour more in, well, you know what's going to happen. And then I have, I have a water bottle. Okay, what will a water bottle hold? Well, this will hold 16.9 fluid ounces. It's good. It's good. But it won't hold more than that. Everything we know has limits in it. Our gas tank, well, you, you go ahead and name it. There's always a limit. And it's even true for our, what we need possession-wise. Let me put it this way. Let me put it in terms of food. Tuesday night, we came back from all the funeral activities. Darla said, hey, let's do Taco John's. Go get a six-pack and a pound. We got six tacos and a pound of potato olays, right, for supper. She had two tacos. I had two tacos. Now, I was still a little hungry after my two tacos. And there were two tacos left. So I went over and I grabbed a third taco. And then I thought to myself, now here's the problem, I thought to myself, I thought to myself, you know, that last taco looks very lonely sitting there all by itself. And so I grabbed the fourth taco, and I ate it too. And you know the ludicrous thing about it all? I washed it all down with a cinnamon roll. Now, here's the deal. I was over my limit and my stomach told me I was over my limit. And I told, I told Darla the next day we were walking, I said, yeah, I, I ate four tacos. She said, four? I said, I know. That's a lot, isn't it? We all have limits. What's true with overindulgence on food can also hold true when a person focuses on accumulating more stuff. See, chasing stuff destroys the ability to think long-range. So we get down to the conclusion of this. The rich man determines this course of action. He lays it all out, and he goes to sleep with a clear plan for tomorrow. However, little did he know his days were not only numbered, his days were completed. 
God comes to him that night and says, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? Wednesday last week, my mother-in-law spent her morning, as she did on the 8th of every month, fasting and praying for Ignite Church Plan, the organization I lead. When I cleaned up around her chair on Thursday, I found her prayer letter sitting there. And I knew before she went out to mow, she was thinking and praying about praying for me and starting more churches in Chicagoland. You see, she passed away right after finishing her yard. My sister-in-law found her right beside the mower. It was quick. It was easy. It was unexpected. And I mentioned at her funeral on Monday, while we were not ready, she was definitely ready for the next chapter. You see, my mother-in-law knew Jesus, and because of this, she's with Jesus today. I read this at her funeral. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from this point on. Yes, those of the Spirit, they will rest from their labor, for their deeds will follow them. Mom didn't have riches. She didn't focus on accumulating a lot of stuff. She lived very simply. But you know what she did have? She had a good, long-range plan. She invested in kingdom work because she followed Jesus, and she is enjoying her reward today because she planned well. At the graveside, there's a, we looked at her tombstone. There's a beginning date, and soon there will be an end date etched on that gravestone. And in between those two dates is a dash. And she did a lot for Jesus with that dash. She thought long range. You see, there's a haunting statement that Jesus makes at the end of this story that requires reflection on our part. He says this, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich toward God. So I want to leave you today with three questions to think about. First question, how much is enough? How much is enough? And what's the limit? And what should be done with the overflow? Secondly, what or who owns my heart? Make sure you take a look at this story in Luke 12. Give it a second look this week. See, ownership is determined by what captures our attention and our focus in life. So who or what owns my, my heart? And thirdly, am I ready for what comes beyond this life? You see, we all, we all have an end date. I'm not trying to be morbid or anything. We all have an end date, though. It's reality, and it can come very unexpectedly. It's vitally important we have a relationship with Jesus. And if you have questions about this, you need to talk to somebody about this, I want to encourage you to call the office this week. And somebody will get back to you. Because this is such vitally important. This is such an vitally important thing. We can't let it sit and wait. We want to talk to you if you need to do that. See, the good news is, Friends, we can be ready for the end date.
And the hope that comes from knowing Jesus truly does allow family and friends to grieve with hope. So let's think long range and not just for here and now. Let me pray. Father, I thank you for your love for us. I thank you for the hope we can have because of Jesus. Nothing we do ourselves to acquire this hope other than trust in him. And trust he will take care of us as he does. I thank you for, I thank you for these words that your son gave us in, uh, in the word here. Help us to think long range and to store up things for ourselves in heaven, not just here. It's in Jesus' name I pray now. Amen.